inevitably no one can control any right so but you do you you can cultivate cultivate and nurture that own self-trust welcome to the be rad podcast where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life without taking ourselves too seriously i'm brad kearns new york times best-selling author former number three world-ranked professional triathlete and Guinness World Record Masters athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype, hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits. You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhanced pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. Hey, listeners, I'm joined by the very interesting Dr. Luella Yonk, a psychotherapist and functional medicine practitioner in Canada. What an interesting combo, huh? Uh, She is a longtime listener, and we've exchanged some emails. She appreciated my show with Mia Moore and said, hey, let's talk about some more relationship insights. That's what I do all day. And so we get into it. You're going to get a lot of references to John Gray and my one of my favorite shows about the uh, essential relationship assignments dispensed by John Gray, by compilation of all the notes that I furiously took during his four different interview appearances on the show. So I will put that show in the show, show notes and would encourage any and all couples to listen to it together, males. <laughs> Maintain your composure at all times. Females never nitpick, always express everything as a preference. And then we are off and running with better communication and maintaining uh, that spark and that passion and that excitement for a relationship for years and years. So uh, Luella and I get into some of those and give a nice refresher course for all of those listeners striving to improve relationship dynamics. And in particular, she brings out a really important point. Uh, honoring her functional medicine background also, that 
We are obligated to take care of ourselves, get our own shit handled first before we even bring uh, a dysfunctional person into relationship dynamics, which are doomed to fail. And she says in her practice today, when the couples come in, uh, typically what's happened is one or both parties are overstressed and not taking good care of themselves. And I made a funny uh, analogy that kept coming up throughout the show. So you're going to love hearing about Gary in the corner. And <laughs> I said, uh, once upon a time, uh, let's say we're at a party, hypothetically, and um, later I tell my partner, well, my feelings were hurt because you're talking to Gary so long in the corner. <laughs> and I think it's really important to uh, realize that if you can get your own shit together, not be such a baby, not be so sensitive, not be so insecure, whatever the issue is, but that one that I just referenced is super important. Boy, you bring your A game to a relationship. Let's then see how things go with all the little petty disagreements and dysfunctions that we traffic in, strongly driven by your own baggage and your own personal life stress level that is too high. So here's a nice reminder to take care of yourself, love and respect yourself, bring your best to a relationship, and then let things flow how they may. And I want to thank you for your interest in this topic, for pushing play on the show, because uh, by showing that interest and caring a bit about your relationship dynamics, you set yourself up for success and progress and personal growth. A lot of times we're too busy to worry about <laughs> our relationship with those pesky kids or that annoying partner because we got our head down just marching along. And that's when it's time to wake up and realize, hey, we only have one life to live, as Mia Moore likes to say. We might as well make the best of it and face these challenges head on and think about it, put some energy into it, try to make things better. So here we go with Dr. Luella Yonk. Dr. Luella Jonk, uh, we are happy to connect after exchanging some emails uh, you mm. mentioned enjoying the, the Mia Moore show. So thanks for the, the fan mail and a real couple recording and talking about relationships. And now here we are going to the pro who is uh, doing this for a career. But uh, what's also interesting about you as not only a therapist specializing in couples unwittingly, you're going to tell us about that too, but um, also putting that um, functional uh, medicine practice into the mix. So maybe as you introduce yourself, you could talk about that unique uh, combining of professional skills and services. Yes, Brad. And um, I should remind your audience too that that I'm I'm I first hounded you down because of, uh, you know, it trickled through listening to L. Russ's uh, podcast or the Blind uh, Primal Blueprint when she was hosting that podcast, and then reading all the Primal Blueprint. Um, you know, the books that you did um, with Mark Sisson and and I was like addicted to your animated voice on on uh, a few of those audio books because that's mainly the way I take into my my content. So, so uh, yeah, you first appeared as a guest on, on my podcast, which is called I Think I Can. And um, yeah, Brad, I've always been super interested in... Well, nutrition, exercise, um, and taking care of our bodies. And, but I also realized that, you know, the mind, yeah, the mind is just one organ of the body, but I was also very fascinated with the mind. And um, because of the, the mind, 
well, the, the brain, they say the brain gut connection, the mind body connection, um, mind soul, you know, connection. I mean, I, I just, that's why I went from, you know, being a psychotherapist to, to applying to the Institute of Functional Medicine to see if I could get my practitioner's um, certification as a functional medicine practitioner and um, put myself through about two or three years of hell to, you know, I felt like a fish out of water being with all these MDs and NDs and NPs and, you know, psychiatrists and yeah, um, but I made it on the other side um, and feel very fortunate to to have that certification as well as my um, being a registered psychotherapist. Oh, that seems extremely rare to be able to um, engage with someone who has both those certifications. And do you actually intermix those? Is that possible when you have a client? You know what? That's that's a really good question. And um, I tried, but, you know, it's, it's something I didn't really think about before embarking in the functional medicine. And, and I really tried in the sense that um, I would have my new clients fill out, like, you know, um, a current symptom questionnaire. It's called a CSQ. Um, and... Of course, the the ACE questionnaire, the adverse childhood experiences, and you know they would be okay with the adverse childhood experiences as, as one of the um, the forms I'd have them fill out. But then when it got to the and like the current symptoms questionnaire, and they were I was asking them about their gut health and you know what the amount of vegetables and and you know meat and and stuff like that. They that's when like I could kind of see them going. And and that was a condensed form. At first, I had them all fill out like a like a quite a, like a forty five minute functional medicine like standard wow. intake form, and a, a lot of them were kind of going, "Wait a minute, like what what is going on here?" And, I just and want to so, complain about my lazy ass husband. What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So not everybody bought into it as much as I thought. Like you know, some people were going, "This is great," but then that was unfortunately about 10% of my clientele. So, so, you know, reluctantly, I sort of had to just kind of go, well, you know, for those that are interested and then, and then some people would see functional medicine practitioner on my website and they would be going, they would come to me just for that, you know, an autoimmune Mm -hmm. disease or, or whatever they might have. So unfortunately I sort of did have to separate it. Um, but you know, I still like. I always feel with the knowledge that I learned from that certification. Like I feel so, like such an advocate. Like I go into my my physician's office and I'm just like, you know, so why aren't we checking the vitamin D again? You know, like like I just feel and and then I you know I get to, into the equal B and and like you know because like um yeah my cholesterol you know I sort of have this um. Um. Yeah, high cholesterol, and it's genetic, you know. And so, so I'm asking them all the 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 details, and they're like, I don't even know what that is. 
So, but like, so I feel, you know, I feel really, really good about that. I'm thinking if I save my life or one of my family's life, even if I can't incorporate it into my practice as much as I want to, it's, it's well, well worth the time. Well, it occurs to me that a lot of the, um, subclinical, uh, conditions that fall in the realm of functional medicine, um, have to have a psychological component that's extremely relevant. And in fact, a lot of those are what what are what are driving the uh, quote unquote chronic fatigue or another thing? Exactly, exactly. Like so, you know, yeah, I feel very um, empowered. I guess you could say when I'm speaking to, you know, someone who's not taking care of their body, and um, and and then I, and then I can give them all the like the ugly details about what what's that what what that is doing to them, you know, and it's. Um, for example, like I had a young female surgeon in, um, who was, you know, complaining about anxiety and, and burnout, like she was still a resident at this point. And yeah, sure enough, she, she, um, she had some really terrible gut issues and yeah, like, I mean, it was like, I could talk her lingo, you know, and, and so she, she finally didn't get it, like about the whole burnout piece and how, how if you don't start taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of any any other person. And so, you know, speaking to women in that way as well, like you know, from a very knowledgeable standpoint when it comes to nutrition and exercise and sleep and um, doing some sort of you know meditative or or, or yes, stress, stress release, releasing exercise, um, you know, that, that's gonna, that's gonna make a huge change in, you know, how you, how, how you work, how you treat your family, like how you raise your children, how you, how your, your intimate relationships are, right? I mean, and then, and then the whole, like, like, um, the, the hormones, like, you know, helping women through, perimenopause and, and menopause and and you know speaking to couples about you know and like women not having enough you know sex drive and men right if they're overdoing it as well with the the low testosterone I know we, I think you suffered from that at one point or was it Mark but um yeah I mean it, that's very very common too for for men that are are you know going through burnout and stuff like that so so it's yeah, I, I absolutely still use it in my practice, but but um not everybody is you know, it's just like in, in the health and, and wellness field like that you work out, like we even with having that knowledge, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna change every anything, but mm. at, least, at least they're aware of you know, how stress can affect the guts and, and how what you need is, is going to f- affect your ability to hold attention and, um, yeah. And, um, you know, whatever, achieve more patience in your life and regulating anger. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you feel good in your body, you just, you're just a happier person. When you're a happier person, you're, you're a better dad and you're a better partner and, you know, so, I mean, how can you not separate those things? But well, yeah, we're, that's a, a thousand-year-old insight from 
Aristotle and Plato and so forth, but we we tend to um, we tend to like to separate and isolate, especially in the disease care model. Um, I, I noticed you uh, said especially women uh, need to take care of themselves, and our friend John Gray uh, highlights this um, this situation in modern life where the female is now asked to um, transcend her traditional role and the prominent biological drive of the female to be the nurturer caretaker. And now the modern female is charged with uh, being the being everything to everyone. And yeah. that's why he contends we have uh, record rates of uh, depression, anxiety, exhaustion, burnout. So maybe we could focus on that issue for a bit and perhaps your feelings on so, some of the John Gray um, insights are I guess, um, controversial or not everyone agrees, but they resonate strongly to me where he's talking about, um, you know, culture is evolving where we don't have to be in these fixed and rigid roles of old times. And that's a good thing for society that the women are not making the meals and, uh, having babies and that's it. However, we have to negotiate because we still have these, uh, these baseline biological drives of both the male and the female that are now getting intertwined. Exactly. And, you know, um, I interviewed John Gray as well. And I remember that at the, you know what, like, and I'm also a Gottman's um, couples therapist as well. I was trained in the Gottman therapy, which I think a lot of people love. And I think I I even heard you speak with um, Mia about that in in one of your your, uh, episodes. So, you know what, yeah, you bring up an interesting point. Like, I feel like the Gottmans are excellent excellent at the communication piece like when it comes to couples and let's face it I mean most of the couples that enter my room that's the first thing that everybody says right like I pick up the phone and it's like yeah we'd like to make an appointment you know and I'm like okay what's going on we we just we just don't know how to communicate I mean it's like it's like the number one thing that any couple will say so so the Gottmans are great at that but what I like about John Gray, Gray's work too, though, is that he, to me, brings in more of the, like, you know, the, you know, what, what one, what one might call spirituality in a sense or energies, um, and how he talks about, you know, female or feminine sexual essence and, you know, a masculine, uh, sexual essence and how, you know, uh, and I, I almost feel like it, it's sort of like the pendulum has swung from, you know, the classic fifties and sixties, like, you know, was it Joan, Joan Cleaver, like leave it to Beaver, sort of like you know, housewife, where I mean, very submissive, very, I mean, you were just you were a housewife and you didn't really have a chance to work outside of the house where it then it swung all the way towards, you know, the seventies. And I think that's where John Gray, like, you know, kind of did most of his work in the seventies and eighties and, and where, you know, it was a lot, a lot more feminism, like, or, or feminine movement, I would say like burning of the bras, et cetera. And now I am, well, and, and, you know, it, it was too, and then it went too far. And, and then you have, you know, um, both partners working out of the home, women slapping on their red lipstick blazer and high heel shoes and, and walking into the, the corporate world. And 
in in the corporate world, let's let's call it like they have to bring out their their badass energy, you know, which is more of a masculine energy. Like, let's get this shit done, um, you know, and it's sort of like checking off all the boxes and um, yeah, a, a lot of doing energy. And and so all day long they're in that doing energy, getting their shit done, and then when they come home. They're still in that masculine, you know, sexual essence or masculine energy, if you want to call it. And they're starting to, like, you know, telling their partner to get this and that done. Uh-huh. And and what would we, that masculine energy is also what we call a mothering energy. And um, in terms of, like, no one really sees it as a mothering, like, uh, mothering being a masculine energy, but think of it, if you're mothering your children, you're telling them, you know, this, that, this, do that, and to get this done, and, and book this swimming lesson, and, and, you know, again, you're in that badass, let's get these things done, we, you know, and, but but if you start doing that to your partner, like, he's looking for, you know, where's, where's my where's my wife like where's where is the woman like, where where is the, the 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 feminine energy but she's she's just spent all of day in that so in in the masculine so mm-hmm. it's it to just make that switch right away can be can be super difficult um so what women can do instead is just remind themselves like you can do both, but you have to take care of yourself. Like you have to nurture yourself because again, they're stepping in like to the house and they're doing, 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 doing. And rather than just sort of being in that like goddess energy, you know, that that rest and digest, that relaxation, that receiving energy sort of thing. And um yeah, because they're just too busy doing and 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 like if they're you can do both, but you just have to remind yourself that you do have to give yourself that grace and take care of yourself and mm. uh, yeah. So um yeah, the the assignments, one of my favorite shows, if I will say on my own podcast, is me compiling all the different insights from four John Gray interviews and then just oh. spitting it out. And so the female is obligated to, you know, come down off that, uh, that kick-ass competitive yeah. male side, as John Gray yeah. calls it. And for example, allow someone to take care of them. The man's mm-hmm. deepest biological drive is to be the hero in the story and the protector and the, the, the champ who, who's got this. Uh, the man's favorite words to say is, I got this. And then, um, the, the, yeah. you know, the desired response is, thank you. Uh, you're awesome, rather than um, what what John Grayson number one uh, rule or suggestion to the females: don't nitpick. If the man says, "I got this," don't say, "Why are you using uh, that type of epoxy on the rain gutter? That's not going to be waterproof." You know, that's where I guess the communication falls apart is when we try to um, you know bust out of these uh, these roles because of culture and yes. what we really want deep down. Um, cannot be, you know, washed away with the lipstick and the high heels and the business suit. Right, exactly. Yeah. So how does the female come down at the end of a busy, stressful, hectic day? She wants to vent, uh, and the the man's obligation at that point is to listen 
intently without offering advice or critique. And that in doing so, the female will, will vent out her, um, you know, her, her energy and then be able mm-hmm. to relax and connect and come down off that male side and nurture her female side. I, I love it. And then why is it so hard for the man to sit there and listen intently without offering advice or criticism? It's because the man wants to be the hero in the story and say, I got this. Here's what you should say to your boss. Tell him to blank, 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 instead of just listening. And um, the advice is out there. I've dispensed it with great energy. Here I am going off again. And then the very next day, we kind of uh, drift back into this, you know, familiar pattern driven by our deepest biological drive. So we have to kind of think our way out of it today. Well, exactly. You know, and like, yeah, so so we have, you know, yeah, we have the the, the biological side of us that's always going to want to come back to to neutral, right? But like if we're pulled too much in one of these other energies, it's, it's you know, I think what you're saying, it it's hard enough as it is like on, on a biological, physiological level for, you know, a man and a woman to have a, a um, effective communication mm. without, you know, without a, a woman being in the badass energy all day and, and maybe the man, yeah, like, I mean, but see, that's a, that's a point. If she's able to sort of take that hat off at the end of the day and just be able to receive you know, get into that receiving energy. In other words, like she might not be as reactive when um, the man defaults to the problem solving, right? And, um, but if she's really in that masculine energy and she comes home and she goes right into that conversation, then yeah, it's going to be real like two heads budding, right? Because she's in the masculine, he's in the masculine, and then they're going to go at it. But I know, like, I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's a woman's, you know, part of their, their, their essence to just like, like there's so much emotion. All they want is connection. All they want is their partner to, to hear them and, and just say that, right? I think that's what John, John Gray says, like men, like, I know I like his like short little tips. He says, you know, just say, I hear you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and like men are just like writing down these tips, right? Okay, okay, yeah. I gotta remember that. I hear you. Okay, when I walk away, I just, I just, just say, I hear you. Okay, tell, tell me more is another one. Oh, right, right, tell me right, more. right, right, yeah, yeah. And then I guess we should balance the conversation over on the male side now. And so the modern male is charged with being all things to all people, and we want them to be. Uh, uh, sensitive, vulnerable, communicative, yeah. conversational, and so forth. And so we want the man to share his feelings rather than be that stoic person who comes in the door after a long day at the factory, sits down, pops open a beer, and waits for dinner to be served, etc. And that is right. definitely cultural progress as well, away from this stereotypical macho man who likes sports and, and cigars and working hard and um, is not much for sharing feelings. Uh, however, again, we're pulling away from that deepest biological drive of the male, which is to be in control, to protect, to conquer outside challenges of the world, and then uh, protect mm-hmm. one's you know, loved ones. And so once the male starts getting into uh, an emotional feelings-bared uh, conversation, mm-hmm. 
they are mm-hmm. diminishing their testosterone and they're getting into their female side, which can tend to make them feel uh, unwhole and off balance. Their their estrogen is elevating, their testosterone is suppressing. So mm-hmm. his advice, which this is where I've floated this to other professionals, and uh, this is where a little bit of controversy kicks in, I think. He wants the male to be calm, cool, and collected at all times, like a kung fu master. In other yeah. words, manage and regulate, control one's emotions at all times, which kind of precludes one from being completely vulnerable and sensitive and open and 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 chatty and telling how you know my feelings were hurt when you were talking to Gary too long at the party over there in the corner that's not what the female wants or needs and that's not what works for the male but we're kind of asking the male to be Mr. Sensitive Boy as well as Mr. Badass as always throughout millennia yeah well, yeah, you bring up a really interesting conversation, and like, I mean, you you articulate that really well. Like, I don't think you know any guy in my office has really described it like that, which shows me that you know you have been listening to these experts, and and you see it as as being a challenge. But you know, I think, see, this is where I think jo- um, John and Julie Gottman are are really excellent too with the communication piece, like. This is where tone of voice, body language, um, I think becomes really important. You know, what what words you're choosing, et cetera. Um, so and, and in that sense, I don't think we have to lose our, you know, like like we can stay in our masculine energy, like as a as a man, and still communicate in a way that um like you're gonna receive the respect that you you need like in other words i mean if you're the type of guy that you know let's say i'm just trying to think like let's say you are let's say you've been burnt like crazy um in past relationships let's say you've been cheated on like multiple times or something like that right so so you're walking in like that party and and your partner is chatty Kathy and likes chatting it up with all the guys sort of thing, you know, how do you communicate that to your wife without sounding like, you know, you're, you're whining or way too vulnerable or, um, or overly demanding. And I think a lot of it's, it, I think a lot of it is just your choice of words. Um, but like, you know, I think too, is it's like, I think boundaries, like in standards and values, is important on both sides. Like, I mean, uh-huh. like first of all, like you have to think that 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 man has no, like to me, he doesn't have any um, right to tell his wife who and who not to talk to, but he can say. Um, you know, I'm working on this trust issue. You know how hard this is for me, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it it would it would just really help me, um, like to include me in that conversation or something like that. If if you do choose to have a conversation with with whatever Jack over there, like I mean, if you could just either include me. I think um, it was Gary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting, um, and again, um, brings to mind maybe some potentially 
controversial insights. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near-infrared light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes, and there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective, besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for BRAD podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. And one of them that I have held uh, strong throughout my life is, you know, now we're asking the, um, the couple to provide what the community used to provide. And I contend that um, males, whatever age, if you have a good support group of male friends where you can talk through the important matters of life and relationship and uh, uh, feelings and uh, moods and uh, preferences, if you can work things out to where you bring your A game all the time. And this exact example of, you know, this hypothetical example where uh, I, I said, what if the guy says, oh, my feelings were hurt when you, you talked to Gary over there in the corner? And John Gray says, quote, when you say my feelings are hurt, that's death to a relationship. Exactly. Uh, because the female just it is that's not what she's looking for and that's not what she needs deep down. So if I can imagine getting my A-game together with my boys and talking through the multiple offenses of 
people cheating on me so many times that now I'm insecure and, and hypervigilant and I get my feelings hurt really easily when my, my new girl goes over in the corner and talks to Gary for too long. I need to work that shit out. Arguably, again, you could go ahead and write us an email if you dispute this, but I feel like the best way is to have my go-to source that is not my partner so that mm -hmm. I come to the party that night with my A-game all the way and mm -hmm. I am, you know, disciplined and resilient and, and love myself enough that I'm not going to get triggered or sensitive when, uh, you know, a, a hypothetical girlfriend partner is talking a long time to Gary over there in the corner. Now, if you have a, a rough go and a rocky relationship in the first place when you head out to the party, then who knows what all kinds of things are going to bust up. But that um, that 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 charge to, to me that that assignment from John Gray to be calm, cool, and collected, and manage and regulate your own emotions. And if you do have emotional dysregulation, his assignment is to go off and do testosterone boosting activities, mm -hmm. such as you can list a whole bunch of them. It's conquering challenges that you enjoy. I'm going to go uh, blow off some steam in the gym, or uh, running on the trail or tinkering with my motorcycle in the garage, and then coming back to the relationship whole, rather than getting into these nitpicking arguments, which on some level might satisfy the female need to connect through arguing. That's a common theme that I see. But on yeah. the male side, it just it just usually destroys that male energy of wanting to be the hero and, and the, uh, the, the guardian and the protector in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I'll comment on a couple things like... Um... I would just like I'd be one thing like yeah I think guys are 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 better than the, than this but like sometimes I find when when women like when women have a lot on their minds they flock together they're like just like like birds right like they flock together and they talk 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 and that's that's so almost like a therapy session for them but like I find sometimes girlfriends can give really bad advice, right? Oh. Just like family. Family, you're gonna. I, you know? I, I swear I thought you were gonna say good. So this is getting interesting now. So um... no, no, because you got you got to think like you know those girlfriends love you and and your family loves you and all they want is for you to be happy. Um. So they they might just like say you know you deserve to be happy. You know, you should serve me like don't let that, you know, don't let him and da 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 da. And but well, you know, but that's not professional advice. And but the guys, I mean, one thing I really love about guys is sort of like they just don't let like little I don't know, like they really don't let the the little things like really affect I mean, I always I kinda give this example in the room all the time, like how like if a if a woman's if a woman's girlfriend, let's say, cheated on her husband, and and your standards are like you know there is like no infidelity in my life, and so like I mean you would drop the girlfriend almost like, you know, like whatever a hot cake, right? Mm. It's like whereas a guy would be like, you know, if if your if your wife would find out you're going out for a beer or a golf game with Joe, who recently just, you know, cheated on his wife, um, Mia might be like, what the, like, you know, how can you do that? And he'd be like, I don't know, he's a good guy. And 
you know, he's a freaking guy. Like, and he, like, I, I love golfing with them. You know, like yeah. me. And and it's true. Like, I mean, like, you don't let, you don't sweat, like, you know, what you would consider, like, it's not like you don't consider it important, but it's just sort of like, you, you see the person for who they are, not mm. really for the deed that they, they've done. And you kind of, you know, um, but, but women, women are, are, can be really catty that way, right? They're, they, they just like, um, it's unfortunate, but they can be. So, so if, yeah, so maybe your buddies would give you some, some really good advice. I, I don't know because I'm, I'm not a guy and I haven't hung out with them to know what kind of advice, you know, they, they would give, but, um, men do seem to be, you know, more stable that way. Like they're not going to tell you to drop her in a second. They're, you know, they're going to be like, I, I think they would be more encouraging like that. Um, it depends how good of a friend we're talking yeah. about. But generally, the the people who have had the biggest impact on my life and uh, I'm closest with are straight shooters. And so if I need to hear from an outside source, um, Brad, don't be such a wuss. Um, quit, quit, uh, quit being a crybaby or, or, or you know, emotionally yeah. uh, overly fragile. Yeah, um, that stuff can set you straight really nicely to where you might be heading back into a relationship interaction saying, hey, I'm, you know, I want to say I'm sorry. And uh, I take ownership for being um, sensitive, insecure, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, you can get boosted by your support circle. And similarly, I think the female can bring some of her relationship uh, challenges to the female support group. And then come back more whole than engaging in uh, the number one uh, warning, again from John Gray, no nitpicking is allowed because that will destroy the man's desire to be the king and the protector and the, the hero in the story. And so if all the nitpicking can get uh, finished at the book group meeting, yeah. then we can go back and maybe uh, get a perspective that, uh, you know, life ain't so bad. Uh, everybody's in this in this together and we're, we're, we're you know... Uh, your friends are also uh, struggling with your husband's unwillingness to do the dishes or what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the other piece um, that you mentioned, which I really love, is um, you know, like, and I try to really speak about this a lot. Is this rather than feeling like you know, I don't know if I can trust her. You're right. Like in, inevitably, no one can control anything, mm -hmm. right? So, but you do, you you can cultivate cultivate and nurture that own self trust, meaning that, you know, I trust um, that I'm going to be okay. Like honestly, I mean, I the way I see it, it all the time is like, like you, you'll never control her. So. If, if she does, you know, whatever, break your trust or is, is, um, commits infidelity of any sort, emotional or, or, or anything else, then, then you have to trust that you're going to be okay no matter what, right? That there's a lot of self love that, that can be practiced. And, and I, I trust that I will be okay. And I trust that I'm worthy of a better relationship, right? One that really respects me and honors me as a person. Um, do you want to let her go? No, but you, 
it is a true statement. I always tell my clients that you will be okay. Like think about all the other things you've gone through in life that you never thought you'd make it out on the other side, but you did, you know, all four feet on the ground, like a cat, like, you know, like you were tossed in the air and you actually landed and you were okay. So you did it once, you'll be okay again. Does anybody want to go through that? No, but I'd rather know for certain than live with a life of anxiety, Mm. hounding her all around the party because you're scared about um, her possibly, you know, um, and that's where boundaries and standards, you know, to me come into play too. It's sort of like, um, you know, I love myself enough that I'm going to hold true to my, the standards and boundaries, um, that I have for myself as a person, like, you know, so, but, um, you know, that whole infidelity piece is, is not an easy, like topic for a lot of people. Some say, you know, I, I think a lot of people would like to say that, you know, that's like, you know, someone who does that to like, that's, that's a, definitely like, I'm out. That's a hard out. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But, but what I feel it was, is really the truth. It's usually like couples that have been together for a long time. Like we're talking 20, 25 years, maybe 30 years in the relationship. You don't just kick that to the curb easily, you know, huh. you, and then usually it's like, I think of all the couples that I've had, I think, um, you know, there was maybe 10% that did end it after infidelity, like that, the, and it was a better thing. Like, I mean, one, one of the partners was sort of a deadbeat and it was good that, you know, it happens sort of thing. So, so, but most of the time it's just a chance to kind of take a, the, the, a closer look at the relationship and, uh-huh. Yeah, and change. So, uh, what's it like on the front lines? I mean, you're seeing a lot of couples come in. I guess a certain percentage of them are in crisis. I wonder how it affects your uh, mental health and uh, well-being. And it, it seems like uh, an incredibly rewarding and important career, but also potentially draining. And then I guess you could even talk about what some of the trends that you're seeing and, um, you know, what's going on in the, the State of the Union with couples. You're in Canada, and I assume um, we're probably dealing with the same stuff as we are in other developed countries, and it yeah. correct me otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I do. Well, you know, I mean, I see North America, like, a, along with our, our diet, um, I think we can, I think we're not doing as good of the job uh, in our mental health as, um, perhaps Europe, Europe would be, that's the only, you know, central Western Europe is the only kind of comparison I can, I can make just because I have some family members and colleagues there. And like, when I think about, yeah, like, you know, this is a whole nother topic, but like the amount of suicides and especially male suicides, it's, it's, it's a real crisis. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, that's, that's super, super sad. Right. And, um, but I don't think they have that extent, the percent, like the stats, I don't have any stats to, to tell you, but I, I'm almost just from conversations. It's, it's, it's not as much for sure. 
um, people don't have like a therapist like 24 seven in Europe as, as they do here. I think there's a yeah. whole bunch of factors relating to that. And, and I think, you know, we're not in that do, do, do energy in Europe as well. So they, they have more time to cultivate their relationships. Like they're, they're not working 24 seven. Um, yeah. So, so I, I don't think it is as much, um, across, across the ocean there, but in otherwise though, yeah, like I'd say, well, first of all, you asked, you know, how do I deal with it? And what can I say? I, I take, um, you know, I take care of my body. Like I, I exercise a little bit in the morning, like a 20 minute thing. Um, just for strength and flexibility. I take a, a good hour walk every evening at the end of the day with with my dog. And that's that's a great thing for me. A lot of contemplative thought, uh, you know, whether that's prayer or just thinking or or whatever it is in the morning as well. Like like you know, a good morning routine is there's no better thing. Um and and then um yeah, like I, I would say most couples come to me, like I, as I said, it, it's sort of like communication problem, but it's really like both of them are just not taking care of themselves enough, you no, know, and not, and not building enough time for connection. Like it's, you know, like when you think about the amount of time when you first start to date somebody or you are in the honeymoon phase or whatever it is, um, that like the hours that you would spend together like just talking getting to know each other like if couples could maintain even half of that throughout their marriage maybe even a quarter you know like well i think the gottman say you know 10 minutes of connection a day is all you really need mm. uh, we wouldn't be in this crisis that we are right now so i i think it's just like you're just not like a you know, maybe women being more in their masculine energy, more of the do, 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 and 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 the guys just trying to, you know, like, you know, yeah, take care of their family and just not enough time for family, not enough time for each other, and and that's I think is the biggest issue. And and then you know, anxiety. A lot of people will come to me just on an individual basis saying, you know, they're they're ridden with anxiety and. Of course, someone who's ridden with anxiety is not going to be a good partner, right? So, and where's yeah. that uh, emanating from? As we realize that the increase is severe these days, what do you think? Where, where why is it becoming? Yes, why is the anxiety is so prevalent oh. these days? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, on an individual. Like a, like a deep level, I feel um, a lot of comparison. Um, you know, like social media is, and the internet is just wonderful for, for so many things. But uh -huh. but it's just, it's too, like, think of it, Brad. Like when you were in your bedroom, when you were like, you know, 13 or 15 or whatever, at least... Well, I think you're about the same age as I am, but um, there were no mobile devices. Put it that way back yes. then. Yes, you didn't know what Jack, Jerry, you know, Steve uh, were doing. 
and and now like I, I just like that breaks my heart when I when I think about like these poor like young boys maybe you know in the bedroom seeing what all the friends are doing on social media but they're not there you know they're not there and heaven forbid that you know you're not a jock in the school mm -hmm. like I think that's another way that the school system could do a, a much much better job is celebrate those boys that are more creative, you know, in the arts, whether it's music, drawing, um, you know, theater or whatever it is. But I, I know from my own two, two boys that like one was a complete jock mm. and I feel like, you know, friendships galore. The other one was a little bit more quiet and more creative, more arts and, and, you know, you're not as Mr. Popular. And so, um, I think that's one way. And then women always with the body image, right? So like in, mm -hmm. in terms of anxiety, I, like, I think that's the root cause is, is just a lot of it anyway. It's just knowing, um, you know, you're always thinking you should be doing better. You, 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 you should be better. You should be at this age, doing this at this age. You should be, you should, everybody's shooting on themselves mm -hmm. too much, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's probably a, a good way of summing it up. Like we're all we're all doing it, and, and when we just realize that you know we're we're perfect just the way we are, we don't have to mm. do or be anybody. Um, it would help a lot. So, I think yeah, I guess um, build in opportunities to get away from that stuff, and and yeah, I I. I notice that um, I enjoy exercise in my my whole life, and part of that enjoyment comes from I'm able to disengage from the uh, the digital world and the cognitive world, and I'm doing something with my body, and so it's like inherently healthy for for that reason, of course, among other ones. But now we're obligated to use all this discipline to not uh, you know go overboard on things that don't support our long term mental health or or, or physical health oh yeah like yeah and yeah same like and I, I i don't know like i just i almost kind of feel blessed that i uh that i've always been a lover of exercise because it's such a great way of releasing that that stuck energy you know or or that anxious energy whatever it might be like i mean it's just sort of like when I, when I talk to some of my clients and I ask what they do and, you know, in terms of exercise or any sort of movement and they say, I'm just like, oh, what? Like, you know, like, I mean, like if, I mean, I remember even COVID and, and I, and I live in a cold part of, of Canada, like, mm. really, I, I didn't care what the weather was. Like I made sure I went outside every single day, right? Like, I mean, it's the least that you can do for your body to get some fresh air and, um, yeah, and it's that's like that's another thing for me. It's sort of people taking responsibility, mm. for, you know, for for their mental health, for their anxiety, rather than saying, "Okay, this is why." Whether it's parental influence, whether it's societal influence, you know, there's so many reasons why you know maybe they are where they are right now but we all have an, a choice every single day when when mm -hmm. we wake up right and i know mark is a huge believer of this as well like i mean it's never been like it's never been easy for anybody you know it's it's 
it's it's it's um it's but but it, I think it really begins with self love. Like it just a lot of it is self love. Like I love myself so much. I'm gonna nurture my body. I'm gonna take care of my body. I'm gonna make sh- like carve time out during the day for my for, for for exercise, for you know meditation or quiet time or whatever that might be. Like, uh, and it's it's not selfish to do that, right? Like it's it's um, there's no better way of spending your time, um, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, so it it like. It begins with self-love and and knowing you're worth it. That's that's interesting that you took us here from a question about couples because um, it seems as though a lot of the problems are coming from, you know, outside forces. I mean, we all know that uh, every couple once upon a time was in love and then doing great and connecting and spending tons of time. Uh, but then if the layers of stress start to stack up, of course, it's going to it's going to trash the relationship and maybe we can, um, instead of butting our heads against the wall so much, you know, take care of the individual person and again, bring your A game to the relationship and see how that goes for you rather than arguing about the same shit over and over because exactly. nothing's evolved, including the high level of stress that the individuals are under separate and distinct from the relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I know, like, and I talked about teenagers comparing themselves, but really, Adults are doing it all the time too, you know, uh, like the neighbor down the street or, or, or whatever, you know. Well, yeah. So it's it's like stay in your lane. I always say, you know, that's stay, that. stay in your lane and yeah, let, yeah. let stuff go, people. I mean, uh, I I oh. think there's um, some aspects of chronological aging that are. Uh, not as much fun. I don't have as much resilience as an athlete. I am getting injured or tired, whatever. But um, some of the things that feel like rewarding to me are having a uh, improved perspective and being able to uh, let things go, realizing that you know we're all marching toward the finish line, and so mm-hmm. we sure as hell not better not waste any time now. Um, you know, working through anxiety and frustration in our head when we have the potential to let it go and leash up the dog and go for that hour walk no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. And in you as an athlete probably, you know, know, know that better than, than anybody, just like the whole idea of staying in your own lane. Like you're not looking at your, com- well, you know, like I, I think there's room for competitiveness um, when it comes to sports or, or card games like and things like that, but, but never be competitive with yourself. You know, that's, that's, that's the problem. I think a lot of people just, you know. Well, we attach our self-esteem to the outcome and, you know, having competitive intensity in life is allowed. It's part of many people's basic personality nature. You can't, you know, you can't suppress it, but having that ability to let things go and to, you know, compete for the sake of, you know, personal development and the enjoyment of um, the process that's when you get all the rewards. And when we're just obsessed with outcomes, that's when we struggle and suffer and get discouraged and, you know, take a hit to our um, self-confidence, self-esteem. And I think we're socialized to behave this way. That's what, that's what we're trained to do is to measure yourself worth by your degrees on the wall and your accolades on uh, the, the social media and all that. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and 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 you know, age brings wisdom when it comes to that. Like honestly, oh, so. like I, I, like, I mean, I I know that I could I could have been the the therapist that I am right now or the coach that I am right now with, like like not half the stuff that I learned. That's for sure. You know, it's mm. it's been my own life experiences, and so like, do did I need you know the all the certifications and degrees no but mm. but you know it's it's sort of like i mean i think you know for your audience i'd like i'd like um them to think about you know like moving like ahead like you know if we're if we're going to move ahead and 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 change the way we're going to do things um you, there's really two ways of going like with any action that you do, you could either lead like with love or you can lead with fear. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us have been, you know, unfortunately conditioned to, to lead with, with fear. Like if you don't do X, then, then this is going to happen. If you don't do that, then this is going to happen rather than, you know, what is my heart telling me to do? What, you know, what's my soul telling me to do? Like what, What's my gut instinct telling me to do? What's my intuition telling me to do? And and that's it's that feeling that people have to start like feeling rather than you know um, thinking. You know, instead of being in their heads all the time, it's sort of like what feels good for me right now. Like yeah. you know, honestly. So yeah, nice. I love it, Luella. Thank you. You're welcome. How can we follow your work or uh, connect with you? Well. On on Instagram, um, that's for me is just sort of fun. It's just sort of like whatever. Um, but and it's just Luella Yonk. It's and it's the J is pronounced as as a Y. So and oh, there's no other. Me. Yes. No, that's okay. There's no other Luella. There's the no name. other. No one's had that oh. name. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. So so you can find me easily there, and then Facebook again is it's Luella Yelk, and that's where I usually do most of my longer posts. Um, nice. So yeah, my website LuellaYelk.com. So I do, all right, people. I do video distance. Um, ah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you, Lue- Luella Yonk. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's so, connect with her. A little bit of Spanish in, into that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. A little flavor. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good stuff. And now go honor those assignments. Take care of yourself first and foremost. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five toe design from my main man Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. 
Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They're designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green. Please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Thank you so much for listening to the BRAD Podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkearns.com to download five free ebooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life, how to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.